Gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Adventures in DevOps. I'm your host for the day, Jonathan Hall. And unfortunately, Will couldn't make it today. He had a last-minute conflict come up. So I'm here in the studio by myself, except thank you, Ran, for coming and keeping me from being lonely and just talking to the microphone by myself. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Great. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do. Uh, what is DevOps to you? Uh, well, DevOps, um, you know, in the, in, in the good old days when I first started with computers, uh, you know, everything that you've done uh, was on a single machine. So no DevOps uh, <laughs> had to be involved in, in any stage. But, um, you know, as we develop uh, uh, our software, uh, we're doing a trading related uh, software and infrastructure. So as we uh, as we get through that, there's a lot of uh, a lot of intricacies involved in making sure that that things are running. You know, uh, the the microstructure uh, and microservice, um, um, you know, nature of of the architecture kind of calls for it. Nice. So, what's the company you're working with right now? So, Tradeologix is essentially a cloud platform for uh, and software for trading. So, for algorithmic trading specifically. Uh, so, what we've developed, we've developed an AWS style uh, kind of product line uh, that you can mix and match to build your own trading operating system. So, if you're a, an um, a algorithmic trader and you want to have uh, this amazing idea that you want to buy. Uh, I, know, I know you want to short Apple every day, every time they uh, announce a new phone for some reason, uh, then the idea is extremely simple. But, you know, to start coding it and make sure that it actually works, this becomes very much an involved process. You need to subscribe to uh, market data. You need to ingest it in real live feeds. Uh, you need to um, uh, make sure that you have the right connectivity to your brokers, have a risk management layer in place, send your orders, monitor them. Um, kind of uh, safeguard your portfolio, know where when to exit. So your bright idea that you could have explained in like four words, I want to short Apple, um, just be- became a whole new, um, a whole big thing uh, as it translates to software. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to give you all the tools necessary so you can really focus on the, if this happened, this is what I want to do without bothering yourself with all that, um, you know, infrastructure and tech stuff and, uh, we'll we'll take care care of that for you, essentially. So, do you provide an API, an SDK, uh, or or it's bigger than that? It's a whole platform. It's a whole platform. So okay. the in, the platform uh, kind of was born from an idea of let's create a unified API that will allow you that will act as sort of a bridge uh, between you and all the brokers uh, in the world. Uh, so instead of you having to uh, rewrite your code base whenever you switch between brokers, you're going to have this unified API and there's going to be kind of a plugin in the background that you can say, I want to connect to interactive brokers or I want to connect with to Schwab right now. So it's really, um, um, that was kind of the original idea. And then when we built, uh, what we've built on top of that uh, was another layer that allows you to, we build SDK that allows you to program um, your um, your trading strategy in 
eight different languages right now. So it's uh, Python, uh, Node.js, Java, C, uh, C Sharp, uh, Ruby, PHP, whatever you, whatever it is, uh, you can you can use it to program your strategies. Um, and we're also providing you with like a VM that uh, that your strategy runs on it. And to that VM, uh, then and then you go to our web app. And you can say, okay, these events I want to listen to. So whenever there's a new price or whenever stock crosses a certain moving average or whatever, uh, I know there's a stock split, some sort of an event happens in the market, please ping that event's information to my strategy that sits on that VM. And um, um, and then you can you know run your logic based on that. that that's hence the name Trader Logics. Um, so yeah, that's that. That was kind of of the idea of bringing everything together, so you can really focus on just sitting out, sitting there. Your strategy will just sit there in the wild, wait for some sort of an event to happen, and when that event happens, uh, you can then have your code. Oh, this happens. This is what I want to do. Now I'll add my secret sauce. But all that, you know, subscribing to data and doing all the the preparation before that. That's not that's not the interesting part uh, or the even the money making part of your business. Your money making part of the business is just coming up with good trading ideas and, and execution. Mm-hmm. I worked uh, last year with a client that was building APIs for credit card transactions. It was sort of similar kind of concept. They called themselves sort of the, the AWS of credit cards. Uh, was kind of their vision. Yeah, sort so of. It was it was to give you know it would give you a, sort of a unified API to talk to different. Uh, credit card providers and risk management providers, all these different things. So if you if you say, I'm a company, I want to sell credit cards or I want to give my 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 employees credit cards or whatever, you could do it all through this API. So it sounds like a similar sort of concept, just give you an easy sort of facade around a bunch of complexity uh, related exactly. to trading. Exactly. What was your first product uh, along these lines? I mean, I don't know how long you've been in business, but how, how did it start? Uh, well, my, um, actually, actually, my background and most of my adult life, I was involved in, you know, internet marketing and ad tech space. So I was creating um, exchanges for online media and ad networks and and that type of stuff. We we used to serve in the last company in that area that I work with. We used to used to serve about three billion ads every day. So there's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of algorithmic uh, coding that that goes behind the scene. Not not a lot of people know that, but there's the the online media uh, every time you see um you see an ad online if you don't have an ad blocker um then there's there's a whole uh, auction going on uh between thousands of advertisers that are kind of competing for that eyeball uh so i was so that that was kind of my my initial experience with with large scale applications um but i would say that the first product that that i had in this uh, specific niche was um, um, a Python library that I've created um, for for trading for backtesting specifically with interactive brokers was a really pet project, and then I've created a bunch more like uh, the Y Finance library and the Quantstats and uh, um, you know Pi Store. So there, there's a bunch of different uh, applications that I've uh, created and open sourced them, and they're all available on my GitHub, and that. You know, the, the more and more people started using that. Uh, right now, the Y Finance library alone has uh, over a half a million uh, installs every month. Uh, so I was v- um, kind of exposed to other people in, in, in this space that are 
wanting and trying to become independent algorithmic traders, and they are stuck by the overcomplexity of the uh, of the landscape as it is today. How so? Let's say I'm starting new. I'm 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 interested in buying your product. How long does it take me, assuming I have the requisite knowledge, to yeah. get up and running with uh, some algorithmic trading? So I'm I'm assuming that you already have <laughs> the idea and you know how to program. That's the mm-hmm. the um, you know the two basic uh, prerequisites. Um, so yeah, you can you can be up and running in, in less than an hour essentially. Wow. Um, because again, you. Let's say that your strategy again. We can take an example strategy. I want to. I always use this example. I want to buy a stock when it's down three days in a row, just because mm-hmm. you're expecting some sort of a bounce back. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's the entire strategy. Um, so all you have to do essentially within your code say when I get that information with a list of stocks, uh, I want to buy them, and when the uh, when I get a confirmation that the order were uh, were filled, I want to. Um, send um, a sell order for tomorrow. Okay, that that that. So that's your in, in, uh, entire code base. Now on the web application, you just go and specify some sort of a screener uh, when a stock has an average volume of more than five million stocks a day. So you want stocks that are trading. They're part of the S and P five hundred. They're in an overall uptrend, so they're above the two hundred day moving average. You put all these parameters. When that happens. Uh, send that list of stock to my strategies. Notify my strategy, hey, these are the list of stocks at the beginning of the trading day. Let me know uh, what the list are. So then your strategy is just, you know, just receive the list. All it really has to do at that point is just send a bunch of uh, buy orders. Um, and then when those orders are filled, you're going to get another ping from us, our system that say, hey, um, you just bought Apple or Tesla or Netflix or whatever it is. And then you'll know that you can, uh, send a sell order for later in the day or tomorrow, uh, whatever your threshold was. Um, so yeah, it, it's 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 a matter of um, just programming a few lines of code and setting up the correct rules on the web application. So it really can be up and running in, in no time. It sounds like a CRUD app. I do a select select ticker symbol from table where whatever my criteria are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And they update with, you know, bye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that. Only that only the information is updated on a minute-to-minute uh, level basis. Nice. Uh, so that's the, the the data that we're holding. And uh, once you're in a trade, we're starting to check your position on a tick-by-tick basis. So usually a few times a second just to make sure that you're never uh, going over or below your, uh, your risk threshold. Sure, sure. Right. Let's talk a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes. We talked about what the what your consumer of your product sees. Yeah. It's a simple API. It looks like uh, I'm sure it's not written in SQL, but it's the same same basic sure. concept. What does it look like behind the scenes? What are the moving parts? Um, obviously, you have your fingers in a bunch of different yeah. uh, APIs uh, for different uh, uh, exchanges and whatnot. But give me a bigger picture. What what does the back of the house look like there? Okay, so let's let's start from what the user from a user experience point of view, and then we'll see what's behind the scenes. All right. Uh, so w- when the user logs into the web application, uh, this is essentially a, a node-based application um, that uh, has like its own kernel, and it does all the crude stuff. It just pulls data from the uh, from the database, displays it on the web application, and allows you to do um, um, kind of, uh, to, to create your own uh, mechanism. Now, when you create a strategy, 
something new happens. So when you create a strategy, uh, we're essentially creating a new uh, grid, a Git repository. So that's uh, um, we have a, a Git server that automatically uh, generates uh, a, a template code base based on your chosen language and provides you with an IDE. So we right now on the back end, there's a Git server that create a new repo. We're pulling that data and showing it on the web application. That's that's uh, microservice number one. Um, when you decide to deploy your strategy, so we're essentially we're packaging it uh, as a Docker image, uh, pushing it uh, to the cloud uh, to to our cloud of uh, uh, Kubernetes cluster, and running it. Once it's running, it uh, it pings back. There's all there's a like a Redis. Um, um, uh, queue um, and message queue that uh, um, we, we um, talk different microservices talk to one another. So once the Docker uh, is up and running and the strategy is running, it pings uh, back to our kernel saying, uh, "I'm ready," and that way the kernel all knows to, that it can start sending you information. When it starts sending you information, it means that we're talking to the blotter, essentially the engine that listens to incoming market data and parses the data on top of saving into the databases for uh, uh, future testing. Uh, and then based on um, whenever data comes in, there's a whole ingestion pro uh, process that's going on to make sure that the stocks are matching that uh, specific, um, your specific uh, 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 criteria. And when they do, we package the data and push it um, uh, to your strategy uh, using sockets, and then your strategy knows how to respond. So, and these, your strategy uses the API. Your code uses an API, REST API, to send the orders, and then it receives ba ping back using sockets. So it's a whole it's a whole system over there. It's it's not it's not a simple server uh, server client uh, application. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's that's kind of in a nutshell how how things work. I was expecting it to be simple. I thought I could probably throw one together tomorrow, but I, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, right. it's quite a spaceship. The, the, because here's the challenge. Um, you know, there's the, uh, the same amount of people on the planet that that's your potential different trading styles that you yeah. can have. So we couldn't build a platform and we didn't want to build a platform that says, okay, Here's an entire framework that you have to learn in order to work with our platform. Here's the la programming language that you had to do. Here's how to structure your code. No, we, we wanted none of that. We had to create a platform that is completely agnostic, both in terms of the, the brokers that you can talk to, the, the fact that we don't have a framework. So you do you. You code the way that makes sense to you. Uh, we have an API endpoint for pretty much anything that you want. and um, and that way we, we were able, by, by breaking down that platform into multiple pieces, we were able to build, uh, to provide you with those Legos so you can build the system that behaves the way that makes sense to you and fits your trading style, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, nice. What are some of the surprises you've had uh, building this? You know, I'm sure that you had an idea how things were going to go when you got started and Unless your technology career is just completely different than mine, uh, it didn't match at all your expectations. What have been no. the biggest surprises? <laughs> no. um, it wasn't a surprise, really. I was—I knew from the get-go 
that is uh, that version 1.0 will gonna go into the trash and we'll have to redo everything from scratch. And that's uh, that's basically what we've been doing for the past 10 months. We've uh, um, kind of uh, reprogramming their entire uh, and redesigning the entire architecture based on what we've learned from customers' usage uh, and, um, and the server load. So we were able both to cut down on our server costs and infrastructure costs almost 80%. Uh, while providing a system that's much more robust, much faster, uh, just because of different design uh, decisions that 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 we took. But yeah, the, the biggest, um, you know, if, if we want to call it a surprise, so the 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 biggest thing was um, the the fact that there are so many trading styles that people can use, and you really don't have any control over their code anyway. Uh, so. There's a lot of defense that go that goes on when you when we had to design the system with a lot of defense in mind to make sure that uh, just the fact that you forgot a semicolon in in, in your code doesn't break your system, mm-hmm. um, and that there's this communication. So that that was kind of the biggest challenge to make sure that we have a platform that can cater to anyone's code essentially. Let's talk about how you execute that code uh, and and keep it safe. What kind of what kind of sandbox environment do you have, uh, uh, or do you? Or is it just Docker, or or is it more involved in that? Oh, so what we do, we have um, uh, the first thing that we do is in terms of security and IP. There's a lot of sensitivity in this area. So mm-hmm. what what we're doing uh, is s- several folds. One is our database is completely. Uh, encrypted uh, at rest, so uh, and anonymized. So mm-hmm. even if I'm somehow get access to the database, I don't know which order record in the table or trade belongs to which strategy and to which user. So there's there's a some sort of a of a of a key me- uh, system that that we've created to make it to make it extremely hard for you to kind of reverse engineer uh, a strategy, so that's that's the first thing. Second thing is that the drives themselves, where we get, uh, keep our uh, Git repositories uh, for your for uh, user strategies, are also encrypted. When you deploy your strategy, you can deploy your strategy either locally or on our cloud. On a technical level, we really don't care. Uh, it works exactly the same thing. Only if we, you host it on uh, on our cloud, then we need to create a VM for you. Uh, other than that, it works exactly the same. So we create a Docker image uh, with your files there and put you with the, your own dedicated resources that aren't shared uh, with other ten, uh, other tenants uh, on the cluster. So if you mess things up, uh, you mess things up for yourself. You have no access to other uh, c- containers on the platform. Uh, you don't have uh, the ability to uh, to take a server down just because you, you can upload a virus and it's still it's still contained within uh, within your application. I don't know why you why you would do that, but uh, it's uh, yeah, you're not going to affect um, our ser- uh, our servers uh, um, using that type of strategy. So that that's what we've done in terms of the isolation. Um, um, it, it's not like we're running a bunch of scripts. It's it's everyone gets their own built-in image, 
and it's uh, it's a, it's compiled. The the runtime itself is compiled with just kind of reading your code when we're running it. When you, I think these days when you hear about trading, everybody's thinking of cryptocurrency and NFTs. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a buzzword. <laughs> yeah. Do you trade those uh, or are you really focused on the stock exchange? Then I'll ask uh, more I, questions I about that. I don't trade crypto. Okay. Uh, it's not because I believe I'm a believer or non-believer. Uh, my approach to crypto uh, is I need to have, uh, I, I'm treating it as like, um, like an idiot insurance. So I've, 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 I have a little bit of crypto just in case it will go to the moon at some point. I don't want to be one of those guys that says, mm, I missed it because I've already missed selling. I sold the crypto uh, Bitcoin when it was $11 and I purchased <laughs> it again at 6,000 or something. Um, so <laughs> so uh, you know, I don't want to have that experience when it, if and when it's a million. So yeah. I bought in a, a crypto and money that I, you know, I can afford to lose and I'm not trading it. So that's my approach to, to crypto. Uh, as, uh, as an alternate uh, store, uh, I, no, I like, I like cash. Uh, I, I much prefer, cash uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, my, much prefer that. So does your platform all integrate with crypto exchanges at all or, or is yeah. it? Yeah. So our platform currently supports trading U S equities, uh, Forex, uh, crypto, and, um, in a matter of weeks, uh, futures, uh, U S futures. Okay. on about 30 different uh, brokers. Uh, okay. So we're, we're completely agnostic uh, in terms of, um, again, it's all you do you. You want to trade with that broker, fine. You want to use that language, fine. You want to program, uh, structure your code in that way, that's fine. Really, the only uh, requirement that we have is that your main strategy uh, will start with a function called strategy. That That's <laughs> other than that, um, because that's the function that we're calling. Other than that, you know, do whatever you want. Let's also talk about the other big buzzword these days, AI. Uh, I can see a lot of room for people using AI uh, for, for trading strategies. Um, mm -hmm. Do you see that happening? And, and if so, to what extent does your platform uh, integrate with that? Or is that really up to the consumer of your, of your product? Okay, so I'll start from the from the uh, last question. So it's completely up to the consumer. We have research platforms that you can spin up with uh, Jupyter Lab and, uh, and VS Code, and you can spin them up with uh, GPUs if you want to. So we allow you for you know for all that uh, research and development and, and uh, training your models. You can do that on our platform, and then take your model and actually use it inside your uh, your training strategy. Um, other than that, we currently don't offer any built-in AI tools. We have a pet project that we're currently working on, which is like a ChatGPT clone for our uh, documentation that uh, will kind of guide you along what you need to do when you first uh, uh, start out with the, with the platform. Uh, but other than that, no, we don't have any AI capabilities uh, built in. Uh, I'm not saying that there aren't uh, going to be, any because we are working on introducing a marketplace where uh, anyone can create uh, their own uh, plugin or application that you can use within your strategy so that might very well be like get you know get an ai based sentiment or whatever it is that uh, uh but we as a platform we focus on giving you the tools 
that are more on the DevOps side uh, and the platform side rather than the rather than the software. Let's talk a little bit more about that. I'm curious uh, what the let's say that the, the the deployment pipeline would look like for one of your customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've written some Python code or whatever language. What does it look like? I'm, they have their GitHub. I'm assuming. Yeah. How does it get from there into into your cloud or or local? However, they're doing that. What does that look like? What kind of tools do you have there? So let's uh, the 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 faster route would be for them to develop locally, uh, and then they they save the the build time and deploy time every time they wanna test another line of code. Um, so you you just download our Docker image uh, to your computer. Uh, you uh, launch it. Um, you go to localhost. Uh, 3000, I think, whatever it is. And you get some sort of a UI interface where essentially it says, okay, where is your code currently on the drive? What language are you using? So we'll know which runtime uh, to use. And then uh, you program locally. Every time you have an ID, you run it. Um, and you see the results of a strategy. You essentially run your backtesting uh, locally. And backtesting, essentially, it's a what-if scenario. So you're running your strategy based uh, on historical data to see how much money you would have made or lost uh, um, based on uh, what happened um, previously. Um, so you just develop your code the same way you you program any software. You just, you know, it's, it's a Git repo, whatever it is. Uh, once you're happy with the results, all you really have to do is using our command line interface, if uh, you prefer that, is just, you know, TCTL, um, strategy deploy, and point to your code and we'll take care of it for you. Uh, another option is to go to the web application and just drag your repo uh, there. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll upload it. You'll get, you'll see everything in the IDE, which essentially it's a, it's a embedded uh, VS code uh, on, on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you click a button, just deploy, that's it. It's, it's really, really simple. That's actually, one of uh, the compliments slash rejections that we're getting <laughs> is that um, a lot of the conversation goes the, along the lines of, oh, you just click in, click here and you're done. And are you sure? Really? Uh, I'm not. <laughs> so it, it sounds sometimes a bit too simple. Uh, but once people get the hang of it that, hey, um, you know, there's an app for that or yes, you can do that too or uh, they're they're really excited about it. On on the back end, then how do you uh, let's let's talk about that development process? How, how big is your development team uh, and your SRE team or whatever you have there? Uh, how big is that technical team, uh, and what does that look like? It, it fluctuates. The core team is three people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the overall development team is twelve. Okay. So there's something that we. Um, there's a component that we use th- uh, in 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 all of our microservices. It's a component called kernel, and very few people have access to that because that's where you know we're doing all the the, the encryption of the of, of people's IPs and sure. yeah. So that's that's a limited limited access. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the the most of the platform um, we're using Node.js and Python. Uh, with some components written in Go, um, so yeah, that's 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 how the platform uh, works. In terms of data stores, we're using uh, Redis, we're using Postgres, and we're using ClickHouse. 
based on what we need to uh, we need to save. Um, and we're actually we're also using uh, SQLite for when you're doing local uh, backtesting. Oh. Uh, so it's it's a, it's a runtime level SQLite for uh, for local development. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're kind of all over the place trying to find the best uh, tool for for that uh, job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've um, for example one of the components that we have is our API parser. So we have a bridge that. Uh, essentially translates uh, in real time uh, yeah, our API to the broker's API and vice versa. Just so we'll, we'll keep on that unified uh, information. And this needs to be fast. So this this also uh, is also written in a compiled language and uh, make sure that it, it runs faster. And how, how frequently is the platform being updated? Are, are you constantly adding new features or is it pretty stable at this stage? Uh, no, we're, we're, I wouldn't say that the core is being updated, uh, as much as, as new features and tweaks and stuff are being, are being added. There is going to be a major, uh, version, uh, coming out. Uh, as I mentioned, we've kind of redeveloped the entire platform, uh, from, from scratch, uh, over the past 10 months. Um, and this version will also include a lot of, uh, kind of open, uh, um, you know, open projects that will allow you, uh, allow us to integrate new services like the marketplace that we're planning on launching and um, and risk management and auditing services uh, that you'll be able to kind of plug into your um, to your strategy. How uh, what, what kind of regulations do you have to deal with, and how does that affect your your software development, your deployment process, and all of that? In terms of regulations, since we're not dealing with the, we don't have any hole over uh, customers' um, funds, uh, we don't have to go through any regulations uh, because you trade directly uh, through your broker and your money is with your broker. We don't touch your money ever. That's why, for example, uh, in, I, I gave an example earlier that we're going to ping you with the stocks that met your criteria. Um, it, it's not a technical stretch to automatically buy them for you. Uh, but we've decided that this is not something that we're going to do. If you want to buy a stock, you have to issue that API call uh, to explicitly uh, say that you want to buy uh, a specific stock. Um, so that was more of a, uh, of an admin decision than a technical decision, um, just so we can um, get away of I don't know, for lack of a better term, with uh, having to go through any regulations. So we're on on the regulation side. We're merely a software, a tool that you can uh, that you control um, uh, to trade funds that are kept in your broker. So we're just kind of a a middleman tool. In terms of security, we're currently going uh, going through an ISOC uh, and um, uh, an ISO and uh, and SOC two. Uh, we're internally, we call it an ISOC, uh, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going through that. Uh, hopefully, we'll have that in about uh, I don't know, several months. Okay, nice. So that 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 helps to mitigate a lot of the risk on your shoulders, but your your customers still depend on you to be up and, and reliable. Uh, yes. How do you address that? How do you um, yeah? How do you mitigate you know the potential for downtime or other failures? 
Yeah, lots of redundancies. So mm -hmm. uh, especially with the new version that we're building, we're going to be deployed over five different data centers uh, to make sure that uh, if one goes down, that uh, we're still up and they're all going to be uh, synced in real time to make sure that, um, you know, if, if something's down, then uh, you wouldn't notice it. And uh, we're going to introduce an SLA and uh, and all that, all that good stuff. Uh, that being said, there's another risk that we'd have actually no control over is what happens if your broker is down or if your broker's API is down. Um, so what we've uh, done is uh, uh, we've created uh, like an like an uptime, like a status page thing that also tells you tells you which broker uh, you're using and when you're in. Uh, sorry, which broker is down, and when and we're only going to show you the brokers that you're using. So if you don't have, uh, I mean, you shouldn't care if, I don't know, if uh, FXCM is down, for example, if you don't trade on FXCM. Mm -hmm. uh, so based on that, the, uh, you know, the, the red to, to green uh, light is going to turn on for you. Uh, but yeah, that's sometimes that, that happens. Um, and <laughs> actually more than I thought they uh, it, it does. Yeah. I can imagine, especially when you're dealing with so many different uh, brokers, you know, the, the odds of, one of them going down in any yep. certain time frame is probably pretty high, even if individually they're they're fairly uh, resilient. Exactly, exactly. And there's also you know mechanisms like if we're sending an order to your broker, uh, obviously based on instruction from your strategy, and we can get through, or there's an error from your broker, I know margin, lack of funds, or whatever it is. Um, we're going to do two things. So if if it's low lower level kind of error message, we're going to send it back to your strategy to handle it. But if it's like a lack of fund or anything that could uh, that doesn't let you e exit a trade, which is actually more frightening than not getting into a trade, mm -hmm. uh, then you're going to get a text that uh, um, will allow you to hopefully get into the broker's uh, own application and kind of do a manual trade if something happens. So sort of a pager duty for your, uh, yeah. for your trading <laughs> yeah. platform. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Yeah. yeah, nice. Actually, one of my pet peeves, I don't, and is that you know people give a lot of crap to PHP. Yeah, it really bothers me, man. I don't know why. It the crap really or bothers PHP bothers you? <laughs> no, the the the, 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 the um, yeah, the crap that people give it. I, I mean, for for what it was made of. I still think it does the best job out there. I've, I've been helping a client with some PHP work lately, although I'm not enjoying it. But the main reason is because it's an ancient PHP app that was written in like 2003 mm -hmm. and hasn't really been updated. So, and, and it <laughs> it had years of manual version control. And what I mean by that is oh, wow. rather than using Git, they're just like rename the file and put the date stamp at the end and then keep going. <laughs> oh, wow. There were literally hundreds of files like that in this repository. <laughs> Jeez, who works like that? <laughs> I don't know who it was, but they aren't working on the project anymore. So <laughs> my, my real complaint about this isn't PHP per se. It's just the bad habits of whoever was, was controlling yeah, the project in yeah. the past. <laughs> I mean, it's not elegant, but I, you know, I, I will argue with anyone who said for what it was built for, it's the best well, you know, I mean, I've, I've used a lot of templating languages and, you know, PHP is a nice, I mean, if, if you want to consider it like a, Templating language on steroids, I think that fits that oh, niche yeah. very well. 
Yeah. Uh, where, where, it, where it doesn't make sense to me is, you know, building a, a large application. But if you want to build your templating part in PHP, why not? Exactly. That's, that's great. Exactly. Exactly. I wouldn't build an entire application with it. That's right. Um, but to do some front-end stuff and some, you know, some quick and dirty stuff. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. I wasn't expecting to rant about PHP that today. That's nice. <laughs> 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 uh, well, um, Ryan, how can people reach out uh, if they're interested in either using your platform or just interested in, in connecting with you on social media, I suppose? What, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, yeah, so I'm on, um, obviously, tradealogics.com. Uh, you can hop in there or you can, um, you know, ping me on Twitter. I'm at uh, Awusitz, like my uh, surname, mm-hmm. uh, both on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, GitHub. So you just, you just find me there. Awesome. We'll try to put links to all that in the show notes too to make it easy to find you. Uh, before we wrap this up, we like to do picks on this show. Um, have you thought of anything that you would like to recommend to our audience? Uh, <laughs> I don't have anything clever uh, to say. Um, you know, um, I'm reading a book. I can re- recommend it because I'm enjoying it very much. It's called Perfect. Billions. I'm sorry, it's called Trillions. Uh, and it's about the formation of the entire, um, you know, ETF markets and uh, the index funds and, and all that history. So it's very interesting. I'm uh, almost done, hopefully done in the next day or two. Um, it's very interesting. So I can definitely recommend that. Trillions. Awesome. By Robin w- Wigglesworth, it looks like. That's an awesome name. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, my pick is going to be uh, even less uh, serious, I think. Um, uh, my wife and I have been watching Star Trek Picard lately, and there's just a few more episodes left in the season. Uh, we're really enjoying it. Um, we, we just had dinner with some friends over the weekend, and they said this is their favorite episode, favorite season of Picard. It feels the most like Star Trek because it has so really? many return characters from the next generation. I have so, to say this. I was, yeah, I was a huge fan of, uh, of you know, next generation. So this, yeah. this is definitely something I need, I need to start watching. <laughs> Picard obviously is there. Riker's a recurring character this season. Uh, Troy shows up a few times. Jordy, even even Data, sort of. I won't give it too many spoilers, but Data's right. died twice now in canon, and he somehow comes back again. Um, but anyway, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Star Trek Picard <laughs> is my pick for today. <laughs> Good pick. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a fascinating uh, chat. Um, it was fun to dig into the technology behind uh, a platform like yours. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed talking about it and chatting with you. Great. Well, until next time, everybody, thanks for listening. We will see you next week. 